everyone, and welcome to Minute 64 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today for the fourth day in a row is Andrea Loaf, author of a published academic article on Die Hard. Welcome back to the show, Andrea. And thank you again for having me, Rob. Well, you, you're giving such a unique perspective on things that this is just so much fun. You know, <laughs> really most of my other guests, there you go. Most, most of my guests are not giving a, uh, uh, an academic view of, of Die Hard. So, you know, it's, it's always fun to, to mix it up a little bit here and there. So that, that, yeah. that works. That works. Love a so, good close reading. There you go. So episode 64 begins with Hans wanting the bag and ends with John, uh, answering Al as to how he should call him. So basically, yesterday's episode ended with uh, with with Hans uh, responding to to Franco and telling him, "Okay, you know what? I don't care what's going on outside. I'm waiting for the FBI. But what's important to me now is I need to find the bag. If I don't find the bag, we're if we don't find the bag, we're in trouble." And then he says, "Fritz, go help Uli. We must have the detonators." And at this point, we we continue. Now, first of all, how can he help Uli? Like, where is Uli? You know, we don't even know where Uli is, what he's doing, or anything like that. We know who Uli is. You know, Uli's the uh, oriental-looking guy, you know, who... The guy with the candy bar. Later on, the guy with the candy bar, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Played by a very famous, uh, uh, I guess you could say, stunt actor. Mm -hmm. Okay, who known as Al Long who was in so many things. I mean, I still remember seeing him in the first season of 24 and being shocked, oh. you know, that 13 years after <laughs> Die Hard, he's still playing the heavy, you know, he, he was in, uh, he was in Lethal Weapon also, wow. you know, he's, he, he was, he was in a lot of, of, uh, I mean, he's 46 movie credits and then uh, as an actor, and then he has 26 credits as a stuntman you know, movies, and we're not even going to like what he has for for TV and things like that. So yeah, it's always it's always fun seeing him, especially knowing that that this was uh, sort of the beginning of his career. Let let's put it that way. I mean, he was in a whole bunch of other movies before, and he was in Big Trouble in Little China, Running Scared, uh, My Science Project. Um, he was in Twilight Zone the movie. He was in Lethal Weapon. He was in Steel Justice. He was actually in She's Having a Baby. Which you know oh. doesn't doesn't really fit in with with his persona. He played the photographer, yeah. and he was also in Action Jackson before this movie came out. And then, Action Jackson. <laughs> and then from this from and then and then Die Hard, which is what I will always remember him in. You know he he mm-hmm. he's such a a fun character to to watch. You know with with mm-hmm. all the little things that he does on the side, especially the candy bar, which we'll we'll get to in a few weeks. We, yeah. we won't spoil that too much right now. Oh. Actually, it's more than one candy bar also. That's yeah. that's the thing. We're not even talking about one one candy bar. <laughs> and right, so the the whole question is like, you know, how can he help him? He's sending Fritz to go help Uli. Where is Uli? Well, how you know, like we don't we don't ever see Uli chasing John. You know, because yeah. if he's saying that that you if you want Uli to go find the detonators, so therefore he must be trying to find John. Yeah. That that's what it would, that's what it would sound like. But apparently it's not. Who knows? Hmm. You know, 
But uh, what I like about it is that Hans is still calm and collective about the whole thing. You know, he's 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 not stressed out. You know, he says we need to find the bag. He's not. You know, he's he's still keeping his cool throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. All right. And then we we, we continue with uh, with John's description to Al as to what's going on, and he goes, "They got an arsenal up here. They got missiles, automatic weapons." And enough plastic explosives to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're down to nine now, counting the skydiver you met. These guys are mostly European, judging by their clothing labels. And I love how he pauses. Cigarettes. Yeah. You know, he looks around. He's like remembering ah, cigarettes. They're well financed and very slick. So th- this whole uh, diatribe that that he gives off here is just great. You know, because like, first of all, let's try and break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the fact that uh, that they have an arsenal. Okay, now do you know what an arsenal is? Uh, a place. I mean, I, th- I think of arsenal in a similar way as armory of just like a whole bunch of guns, a whole bunch of weapons. That's what I think of. Yeah. Okay. An armory and an arsenal are just about the same thing. There are some slight differences, but we're not going to really get into that. Um, but yes, it's a place where you store arms and ammunitions. Uh, sometimes they're made there also, and they maintain them, repair them, you know. But mm-hmm. mostly they're stored in those in those places. Okay. Yeah. The the word actually was first used in the 16th century, um, and it, it it comes from the uh, a French word, which was originally was was derived from an Italian word, which is thought to be a corruption of an Arabic word, which basically means mm-hmm. manufacturing shop. That's what it basically comes down to throughout all the, the, the different things. Now, what's really cool that I found out is is that in the 21st century, there's a new term that's known as a floating armory. Do you have any idea what that oh. would be? Well, that sounds like a boat or kind of like a, oh, I'm forgetting the the name for it, in the military where they have just that base container, not container, but... I'm I'm just thinking of this giant a boat is such a terrible word, but that's all I can think of right now. Like that has that is kind of the base for like all the planes and helicopters and Are you talking about an aircraft carrier? Stuff. Maybe, yes. Floating right. in the middle of the ocean. Okay, well what it is is it's a ship that stores weapons to be supplied supplied to merchant vessels in international mm-hmm. waters subject to piracy. So that mm-hmm. the weapons do not enter territorial waters where they would be illegal. So basically, oh. basically they're there to to rescue people that 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 get uh, hit by pirates, you know. But they stay in international waters in order to stay safe. Hmm. Okay. So yesterday when we were talking about the script, so it says that they have enough uh, uh, plastic explosives to orbit. Uh, what, what do we say, Kate Smith? Kate Smith. And I'm like, who? I'm just thinking, who is Kate Smith? Why would? That just seems so random to me. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger makes sense for the time and everything. Right. Wasn't wasn't she like one of the the, the Charlie's Angels? Was she? Was I, that Kate Smith? I don't know. Or it's just it's no, such that was a Kate Jackson. Name. No, oh sorry, there was it was it was Kate Jackson and and uh, Jacqueline Smith. That hmm. that's where I uh, got yeah. it mixed up. But so Kate Kate Smith, um, she she was a singer. Oh, that's even stranger. Yeah, why? Why? She's, why yeah, that, I guess that goes with the Roy Rogers connection. 
the way that sounds. I think that was a good edit to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you think uh, of the macho, like... Yeah, oh, she, like she actually died lot. She died two years before this movie came out. She died in 1986. Oh. She was dubbed, dubbed the Songbird of the South and would be forever etched into hearts and minds of millions of Americans as true American symbol of World War II, especially after giving voice to early Ber- Irving Berlin's classic song, God Bless America. Hmm. Okay, so there we go. She's that has a different layer of meaning. Yeah, completely. I don't know why they would... Maybe because maybe her voice? I don't know. That's really huh. strange. Yeah. So instead, he uses a, a much uh, uh, much closer pop culture reference of, of Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger. Do you, know, do you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's real name? Oh, my goodness. No, I do not. It is Arnold uh, Alois Schwarzenegger. L-A- uh, sorry, A-L-O-I-S. And now we know why no one ever uses that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was born on the 30th of July, 1947. He's an Austrian-American actor, film producer, businessman, former bodybuilder, and politician. And he served mm-hmm. as the 38th governor of California for a total of eight years. Yeah. And how would John McClane have known? <laughs> later, Seriously. John. Later. Correct. Do, do, you know, do you know some of his uh, nicknames, Schwarzenegger? Mm, nothing is coming off the top of my head. I just keep He was known as the Austrian Oak. He's known as Arnie Schwartzy or the Governor. The, oh, right, the Governor. Exactly. Um, he actually uh, acknowledged using performing enhancing drugs uh, when they were still legal back in the 1970s when he was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he a, a lot of people have said that that uh, that he has damaged his health because of that, but there there has been no. Uh, way to substantiate that uh, over the years. Yeah. Right. So uh, continuing with what John says, he says they're down to nine now. Now, how does he know how many they have? He he hasn't counted everybody. He's been counting, yes. But the last yeah. count that we got, I think he was at five or six. So how is he up to nine? Yeah. Because I don't think they, I mean, they were definitely not all in the room when he first saw Hans and he saw the killing of Takagi. So I don't know what sort of eye like you know he's eyeballing i don't know how he's doing that yeah i don't know either and uh, do, do you know how many terrorists there are i mean he's is he talking about 12 to 15 is it 12 no oh, i'm, I'm asking how many like, are there really I'm, thinking, I'm asking you okay well let's see so we've got the guy downstairs uh who took the eddie um, the front desk seat yeah eddie, eddie. Um, Franco and Marco. Let's see the two twins. They're not twins. They're brothers. Carl and Carl and Tony. Tony. Yeah. And then there's those. There's the two that load like that gigantic. Like later on, they're the the big missile uh, that they have. James, so two James and Alexander. Those are James and Alexander. Yo. So I think we're closer Dio. to like. 10? Well, right now you right now you've said, you've said eight, okay? So I've besides eight. you've said eight. Now you got Hans. You didn't mention Hans. I've yeah, I need to mention Hans. There's the guy at the end that like I think he just gets slapped or punched and falls over. Kristoff. Like, um. Okay, that's ten. So so yeah. far, and and you didn't mention one of the people that that uh, that 
that we mentioned earlier today? Oh. Uh, I know there's, have we mentioned the guy with the long hair? <laughs> I know there's one that you call Peter Brady, and I don't remember who that, no, pre- that's Peter, just Eddie, right? No, Peter Brady is, is, um, no. is, is Franco. Franco, okay, well, I mentioned him. Yeah, I don't, right, so I, I you, sorry, you didn't mention Heinrich? Antoni. Oh, oh, okay. I thought I did, okay, no. no. I don't think so, I, I think you, okay, the, the one that you're thinking of is Christoph. Mm-hmm. who just gets hit in the face and we barely see him. Yeah. Okay. Um, Uli. Oh, right. Uh, how did I forget him with the with the candy bars? Yes. <laughs> so there's a total of 13. Okay. But what's funny is, is that, and I've mentioned this numerous times, on all the posters and everything like that, it says there are 12. Yeah. Maybe they don't count Hans. I don't know. Or they're just not counting... The yeah. guy that gets punched in the face at the end because yeah. it's not very important. Correct. <laughs> no, but on the poster, that's what that's what that's what gets me. Yeah, that's a big that's a big oversight. Yeah. Yeah. So when when John is mentioning off all these different things about why he thinks they're European and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he takes a six second pause before he says cigarettes. Yeah. That's a long pause for them not to have cut down. Mm-hmm. It means that we really wanted to be able to see him look look the other way and try to remember, you know, because of the cigarettes. And the way that he says it always reminds me of the the line from Return of the Jedi, where oh. where Luke is being silent, and you know Vader's trying to to read his his thoughts, and he goes, mm-hmm. "So you have a sister," and he has the same type of pause. So I just thought that that's great. <laughs> just re- yeah. reminded me of that. And it's a little bit of a a callback to earlier when he, I mean, because he's always checking his surroundings, and I don't, I don't, I, whenever I see that that part that we're talking about the the pause before cigarettes, I'm thinking he's trying to make sure that no one is coming to like compromise his uh, position. But I mean, I I never thought that he I had never it had never occurred to me that he could just have forgotten that he smoked Tony's cigarettes and was like, or had taken and Heinrichs he also took he took him out of his pocket. Oh, Heinrichs, yeah. He took them both. He yeah. did from both. He's got a lot of cigarettes for one person. Uh, well, you know, he's 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 slight, slightly stressed. Yeah, take the edge off a little bit from of the entire situation you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, that. It's been hours. He's been in yeah. there for a long time. That wears down on a person. Correct. So then he, he mentions also that they're very slick. Mm-hmm. They're well-financed and very slick. So I, I found tons of definitions of the word slick, you know, from oil slick and smooth surface mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the one of that course. fits the best here is characterized by subtlety or nimble wit. Mm-hmm. You know, especially clever. So I, yeah. I I think that fits in really well. I it but the thing is I don't know if that's a that's a term that I would have attributed to someone of of John McLean's status. You know, as a yeah. streetwise cop, would he say that they're slick in that fashion? I mean, it it does feel a little bit like a slang term that would be used, 
Um, so that's how I interpreted it when I was when I when I hear it. Um, now slick could also mean extremely good. So maybe that's what he's referring oh, to. I didn't think about it. Yeah, like very. I th I, I feel like that word doesn't necessarily apply to all of the terrorists, but really to Hans. That is like, yeah. I feel like his, most of his interactions are with Hans. He can handle all the other guys, although Carl is a bit more difficult. But I think Hans has that wit. Hans is good at what he does. I think he embodies that word the most out of all of the terrorists. Yeah. That's true. Also, another definition is a shrewd or, or untrustworthy person. So that could, uh, no, he's there actually, he's not, no, but he's not saying that. He's not saying that they're untrustworthy. No, no. They're well financed and very slick. No, yeah, I don't mm -hmm. think that, that fits in there. All right. And, you know, then, then he continues by, by talking about the phony. And he goes, ah, then, then Al says to him, well, how do you know that? And he says, I've seen enough phony IDs in my time to recognize that the ones they got must have cost a fortune. Mm -hmm. You know, which, which is a very strange comment to make also. Because, you know, how is he supposed to know how much a, you know, an ID would cost and stuff like that? And mm -hmm. I'll have to do a little bit of research into that. Maybe maybe next week when that comes up again, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll talk a little more about that one. Who knows? Yeah. And, uh, and then John says, and add that all up. I don't know what the f*** <laughs> means. But you got some badass perpetrators, and they're here to stay. Mm -hmm. And then Alice says, I hear you, partner. LA's finest are on it. So light them if you got them. Mm -hmm. And then we get a shot of, of John already lighting up a cigarette and he goes, way ahead of your partner. <laughs> so then he says, Well, what do you, so what do you, what do I call you? And he says, Call me. And then the minute gets cut off. Mm. It, it would have been a great place for him to say, Call me Al. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what year that, I, I think that song came out afterwards, but, but still. Yeah, know, I don't a, know. I think I think the Simon and Garfunkel song came out in the, the or the Paul Simon song came out in yeah, maybe Paul maybe Simon. ninety ninety two ninety three something trying like to remember. That. I know Chevy Chase is in that uh yes mm -hmm. <laughs> that video. Yeah, Chevy Chase is in the video. It's very funny uh, watching that video, seeing him <laughs> with the. Actually, it came out nineteen eighty six. Okay. What do you know? I thought it, I thought it came mm -hmm. out. Uh, it was the lead single of, of Paul Simon's uh, seventh album, Graceland. Hmm. So, yeah, it became, it, it actually became uh, Simon's biggest, one of Simon, Simon's biggest solo hits. Wow. And I wonder if it was because of Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Uh, yes. Yes. Now, I, I like the way that, that this, this conversation between the two of them shows that they're quickly getting close, even though everyone can hear them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is not yeah. a private conversation. You know, Hans can hear them, and Theo can hear them, and and all the other terrorists, and all the other police around, and everything like that. It's like, so there's... easy to forget that. Yeah, and they make us forget it very, very simply mm -hmm. because we're just focusing on the two of them. Mm -hmm. You know, but but uh, yeah, and John also feels relaxed at this point. You know, he's mm -hmm. already he finds like a corner for him to. Uh, you know, hole up in at the same time and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I think that uh, that that works. You know, and and also this this whole conversation is is also exposition for us. Mm -hmm. You know, to get an idea as to okay, let's put together everything that John has has seen so far. Yeah. You know, because he's never yeah. stated any of these things. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, so it's kind of it, as an audience member. Yeah, you're trying to pick up on all of them, but yes, thank you, thank you for for putting for it all together. For us. What I've what yeah. I've just seen. Maybe I forgot something. Um, you know, it's kind of just a nice little aid for us to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. So, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the to the script? Um. No, no, I don't. Okay. All right. So, I mean, as we mentioned earlier and yesterday, the whole difference between uh, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kate Smith, mm-hmm. and but th- there's also a point here where Powell then says to to McLean, "So, how many are there?" And then McLean responds, figuring there's at least one to cover the lobby, a couple with the hostages. I'd say they came in with about a dozen, but they're down to nine now, including the skydiver you already met. Mm-hmm. See, that makes more it, sense it does. than the way they showed in the movie. Yeah. You know, because we see the way that his mind is working. He's saying, okay, they came with 12, and there's this guy and that guy. And, and so I'm assuming it's around 12. Yeah. You know, but here it's definitive. In the movie, they make it sound very definitive. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there there's in the script it doesn't mention the fact that it's cigarettes. It says that he talks about the phony ideas IDs. He talks about the phony IDs. Mm-hmm. He talks about the fact that they've uh, they're they're European based on their clothing labels and they're well financed and very slick. Doesn't say anything about the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they added that yeah. in there because the cigarettes does work well, yeah. especially the fact that he's lighting up a cigarette as they say. Exactly. It. It's a nice touch. Yeah. It works well. All right, great. So every Thursday we have another segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guests will give a another uh, anecdote story about something that happened to them uh, over the course of their life uh, around the holiday times. Sure. Some story related to it. Sure. You got another one for us, Andrea? I do. It is kind of a funny story about my my husband and I. And funny our... stories are fun. Yes, exactly. It's um, and it also lends itself a little to the how much word gets around in small rural areas. So my husband and I were, we were together a, I'm just, a couple of years. Uh, and, but we're for sure, we were getting a house together. Um, we were planning on closing on the house in January. So this is leading up to, you know, we've gone to, we're going to Thanksgiving together, you know, eventually we'll get to Christmas, but, and we're in our minds, well, it's like, well, eventually we want the house because we want to get away from awful neighbors, but we also, we know eventually we're going to get married. So it's like, we're not, we weren't engaged yet, but we had talked about it and we're like, yeah, like this is going to happen. And I think some of my family just assumed we already were. So we got to that Thanksgiving and my grandma, who I mentioned in the other, uh, other episode, she and everyone else was like, congratulations. Like, like congratulating us on an engagement that had not happened yet. And it was just a little awkward. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, I don't know what my husband might've been thinking. Cause obviously we're, we got married eventually. He was probably like, thinking to himself, oh, do I have to get on one like, right now and, and do this here? <laughs> like we're, we're just like, no, we're just, we're getting a house. You know, there was the, the little bit of the um, culture differences of what order you need to be doing those things in. But Later on, after those uh, occurrences at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, I heard from my best, my best friend was like, my mom heard you're engaged. And they do not live in the same county. They live like 
many miles away and somehow her mom maybe they have a party line that you, exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> it seems like it because word traveled because her mom had heard from someone that like my mom's name or my parents neighbor down the road they just happened to have this mutual friend who my mom had just been blabbing all along about how uh i don't know why my mom would have told her i was engaged she knew i wasn't but so it just word traveled about that we were engaged. I was getting congratulated from people who I hadn't told and that about my engagement that had not about something happened, that hadn't had happened. Even happened. <laughs> so once it did, I mean, that following February, it only took a few months. Like we got we got engaged on Valentine's Day, the the in within a few months. But it was just like okay. it was a little early, a little early to be congratulating us. I think it's just because the way we did things, we bought we went to get engagement rings together. So I knew he was eventually going to, but it's like, let's focus on one thing at a time. Like we're focusing on moving first, but right. people get carried away. <laughs> Apparently. Yes. Oh, that's a great story. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing that with, with everybody. And the people in the next town over are going to quickly call you and say, Oh, we, we heard you got engaged before you got engaged. <laughs> they will. They will. I'm sure I'll hear <laughs> something about this. Probably. <laughs> All right. And getting in touch with me is quite simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinute.com. If you want to get in touch with Andrea, just uh, you know, shoot me uh, a message via any of those platforms, and I will pass it on to her. So, Andrea, you, you, have you had enough, or do you want to do one more day of this to, to talk more, a little bit more about Die Hard and, and maybe maybe meet some new characters? I am. I'm ready for one more day. Think? I can't. I can't say no to one more day. I want to keep talking about this. All right. Excellent. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay!